on the scripture for today. The passage is in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. Then they sailed to the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He, kept, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told, in the, told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the, found the man who had, from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much, go how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout, throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you again today and uh, to proclaim God's word. Uh, what an honor that is. Um, you know, one of the um, silver linings that, that has come out of the cloud of COVID has been the fact that um, with our services online, we're able to actually reach people all around the world. And uh, we're so excited and happy about that. That's wonderful. Um, one of those people that we know um, who tunes in regularly to our services is our brother, uh, Hansi Jain in India. And uh, Hansi has been sick with COVID, but the grace of God uh, to him has been such that he has now Recovered, and so we say thanks be to God for that great news. Um, you know, God's grace is amazing, and we all need it. Um, I need it this morning as I'm preparing to preach this sermon, and I want all of you who are listening to receive that grace as well so that you can actually hear not 
Doug, but can actually hear the voice of God speaking to you. So let's just take a moment right now and turn to the Lord and pray for his grace. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a gracious God and that you freely give us not what we deserve or what we merit, but your grace comes even though we don't deserve it out of your heart of love and made possible through the death of Jesus to cover our sin. How amazing you are, how good you are. And so, Lord, this morning we, we come and we pray asking. We pray asking for your grace. I pray that I may, I may have your grace to proclaim your word this morning. I pray that everyone who's listening uh, in this room and around the world, at home, wherever they may be, I pray that they will hear you, Lord God, speaking to their heart through this, your word. And may all the glory and all the honor and all the praise go to you, Jesus. In your holy name, I ask it. When I was in university studying to become a pastor, a friend gave me a book. And I've never forgotten the words that he wrote in the opening page of that book. He wrote, for Douglas Mott, who, who had the calling, thank God it wasn't me. Now, when I read that, I thought, that's kind of a strange, that's kind of a strange thing to say. Why, why would he write that? And then I, I just chalked it up to his kind of bizarre sense of humor. But the more I thought about it, the more I realize now that in fact, my friend was afraid of Jesus. Afraid that Jesus might have a call on his life, too. And that scared him. Today's scripture reading brings us face to face with people who were afraid, afraid of Jesus. We don't usually think about people being afraid of Jesus, do we? I mean, what's there to be afraid about? He's our friend, our Lord, our Savior, the lover of our souls. But in today's scripture reading, we see genuine fear of Jesus. The reading begins with Jesus and his disciples sailing across the Sea of Galilee to the country of the Gerasenes. And when they arrived, as Jesus stepped out of the boat, he was met by a man possessed with many demons. The demon, this demon-possessed man was a particularly sad case. He had become like a kind of wild animal, wearing no clothes and living in one of the caves where the people from the nearby town buried their dead. Mark's Gospel tells us that this man was so troubled that he he used sharp stones to cut himself. 
He must have been a terrifying sight. If anyone came near, they, they certainly would be afraid. And you can understand why the townspeople really wanted no part with this man. They, they tried to bind him up. They even tried to put him in shackles and in chains. But he was, he was incredibly strong, the Bible tells us. He was so strong that he managed to break the restraints, no matter what restraints they put on him. Well, right away, as soon as Jesus got off the boat, this man recognized Jesus for who he really was. The evil spirits in him knew exactly that this was Jesus, the Son of the living God. Verse 28 in today's reading describes the shriek that came out of him. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Make no mistake. This demon-possessed man did not fall to the ground before Jesus out of honor or respect or any desire to worship Jesus. No, it was nothing like that. He bowed down before Jesus out of sheer terror. It reminds me of a couple that I was preparing to marry many years ago. They had come to see me to be married and uh, March break came and they had the opportunity to visit uh, the, the fiance's parents who were living, who lived in Miami in Florida. And so they went to Miami. They rented a car there and one day as they were out driving, they got lost. It was in a time before there was a GPS. And so they pulled over, they pulled over, pulled into a, into a roadway or a, off the road, and they had their map out looking to see how to find their way back to where they wanted to go. And suddenly a car pulled up behind them, blocking them off. The person got out of that car, knocked on their window, they rolled it down. Suddenly, the man pulled out a gun. Please, please, they said, please, we'll give you everything we have, everything. Please don't hurt us. You can have everything we have. Please don't hurt us. They told me later, they told me later when they got back home, they told me that they thought that was the end. For them, they thought it was the end. It was sheer terror. Well, upon seeing Jesus, the demons in this man were equally terror-stricken. They were sure this was their end. You see, in the presence of Jesus, evil is terrified. Evil is terrified in the presence of Jesus. Jesus 
has come to destroy evil. Jesus himself said, this is John 12, verse 31, the time, has, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. Satan and his demons shake in terror at the name of Jesus. And that's what was happening here. There were many demons in this man. So many, in fact, that his name was called Legion. A legion was a Roman battle division of 6,000 men. This man was filled with demons, demons of every kind. But the victory over every demon belongs to Jesus Christ, and these demons knew it. They knew it, and so they cried out in verse 31, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. The abyss was another name for hell. The eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Anything, anything they reasoned, anything these demons thought, anything would be better than that. And so at that moment, they just looked up and they saw this large herd of pigs on a nearby hill. And so they begged Jesus to send them into these pigs. So Jesus granted their wish. And verse 33 explains what happened next. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. And when the herdsmen who were looking after, the, looking after the pigs saw what had happened, they, they, they fled to all the countryside, telling everyone they saw, and then they, they fled to the nearby town, telling everyone what had happened. And a crowd, a crowd came to see for themselves. There were no pigs to see. The pigs were all in the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. All they saw was Jesus, and with him was this, this man, this man who they all had known, this wild and naked man who cut himself and terrified anyone who came near him, now dressed and sitting quietly beside Jesus. And the Bible tells us he was in his right mind. Well, you'd think that this would be the natural place for this episode to end. At this point, you assume everyone is happy. The demons are gone. The man is restored to his right mind. And Jesus has shown the power of God working in and through him. But today's scripture reading does not end here. Suddenly, 
It takes a twist. And what a twist it is. Because despite all the good things that have happened, the townspeople are not happy at all. In fact, they're very upset. As as soon as they see the demon-possessed man now healed, the Bible tells us, this is in verse 35, they were afraid. And not only that, but they were afraid. Get this. They were afraid of Jesus. What? How, how, how could that be? They wanted him to go back where he came from. They were saying to him, would you please just get on that boat and go as quickly as possible back, back to where you came from? And it wasn't just some of the people who felt that way. I mean, for instance, you could understand if you were the owner of the pigs, right? You could understand if you were the owner of the pigs, you might be kind of upset. You'd lost all your pigs and you'd think, well, that's, there's a lot of money invested in those pigs. I was planning to sell them and make bacon, but no. So, but it wasn't just the owner of the pigs. Every one of those townspeople, we're told, wanted Jesus to leave. Verse 37 says, then, get this, all the people, all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him, that is Jesus, to depart for them, from them, for they were seized with great fear. They were seized with great fear. What's going on here? What's going on? One writer explained it this way. He said, the God of the Bible is holy and just. Because of his holiness and because of his justice, he must punish sin or he will no longer be holy and just. And so he went on, if you think God is love and that he should not punish people, then the God you have created and worship is an idol, one that more resembles Santa Claus than the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is holy and just. And friends, let's be honest, we are not. And as a result, our natural inclination is to flee, to flee from God, to flee as far away from him as we can, just as a criminal stays as far away from the cops as he can. You see, often, oftentimes, we like our sin. We fear giving it up. As a young man, Augustine, one of the greatest Christian writers and thinkers of all time, as a young man, Augustine lived a sexually promiscuous life. And do you know what his prayer was during those years? His prayer was this, Lord, make me pure, but just not yet. Just not yet. I don't want you, Lord. Not now. So get lost. 
I'm enjoying myself too much. Another writer put it more gently. We not only lived in sin, he said, we enjoyed living in sin. We wanted to live in sin. We like our sin. We oftentimes fear giving it up. We fear that it will interfere with our enjoyment of life. Bible teacher Bob Deffenbaugh says, I, as a Christian, sometimes have an unholy fear of God, of the same kind as a demoniac and as the people of his hometown. Sometimes I dread God's power to deliver me from sin, wanting instead to wallow in my sin, foolishly supposing that I am missing something if it is taken away from me. Wallowing in our sin, enjoying it, it often happens. Think about someone who's worked hard. We've all worked hard. We've been successful. We've made some money. Why should we, why should we give it to others? We're enjoying our greed. Thank you very much. Or we've been treated badly. We've been treated in a way that it's really terrible. People would even say, it's the way you've been treated, it's just it's unforgivable. And we don't want to forgive because we've been hurt. We've been hurt very deeply. How dare these people have done this to us? It goes against everything that we've been taught. It goes against, it, these people don't forgive, these, these people don't deserve forgiveness, we say. And so we tell ourselves, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive them. We enjoy, you see. We enjoy wallowing in our sin. Somebody said, we want a place without God's laws. A place without God infringing on our personal freedoms. Do you know what the name of that place is? Without God? And without God infringing on our personal freedoms? That place is hell. The place without God is hell. We want hell whenever we do not want God in our life. My call from God came when I was 10 years old. I clearly heard God calling me to go to India. And I knew, I knew with certainty that it was the Lord speaking to me. I hadn't read any theology books. I really didn't know my Bible, but it was God and I knew it. 
I knew it then and I, knew, I know it today. And do you know what my reaction was? Even as a kid of 10 years old, do you know what my reaction was? I was afraid. I was afraid. I didn't want to go to India. Mind you, I didn't have any idea what, what India was like back then. I thought I'd have to live in a mud hut in the middle of a, middle of a jungle. But I was so afraid. I was so afraid that I, I even tried to erase it from my mind. I tried to get it out of my mind. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone about it. No, no, I didn't tell a friend. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone until I was in university. And only then, only then, did I just casually mention it to, a, to one professor that I knew. You see, our natural human condition is to fear God. That's what was happening with those townspeople in today's scripture reading. It's also what happens with us. It's sin in us that makes us afraid of God. Before sin came into the world, do you remember when Adam, before there was sin, before sin came into the world, Adam enjoyed walking with God. But as soon as Adam sinned, do you remember what happened next? This is Genesis 3.10. Adam, who had enjoyed walking with God, said to God after he had sinned, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Afraid. Sin makes us afraid of God. And do you know what? Very quickly, the people we fear become our enemies. And before we know it, we start to hate them. There's this progression that happens from fear to enmity to hatred. And that happens with God, too. Romans 5.10 tells us that as sinners, we were enemies of God. One writer put it this way. He said, it is because sinful man wants to persist in his sin that he thus views a holy and righteous God as a threat to his way of life. Men and women who wish to persist in their sin do not welcome God's arrival. They wish only his departure, even if it requires that we put him to death on a cross. R.C. Sproul once said this. He said, if we are unconverted, one thing is absolutely certain. And that is, he said Sproul, if we are unconverted, we hate God. Ooh, strong words. But he goes on and says, the Bible is unambiguous about this point. 
We are God's enemies. It's as natural for us who are unbelievers to hate God as it is for rain to moisten the earth when it falls. Now, I can hear some of you saying, wait, Doug, wait, just a minute, just a minute. You know, as believers in Jesus, we've been reconciled to God. We've been reconciled to God through Jesus by his death on the cross. We, we now, we love God. We're, we're no longer God's enemies. We're his friends. You know that song we often sing, I am a friend of God? All that is true for us as Christians. But here's the thing. Even as believers, even as Christians, we still sin, don't we? As Sproul points out, there remains, even in believers, a vestige of our fallen nature with which we must struggle every day. There still resides, says Sproul, a corner of the soul that takes no delight in God. Even as committed followers of Jesus, we still struggle with sins. Some we keep hidden, and some are more obvious. For instance, why do we find it so difficult to read God's word every day? We have good intentions. But much of the time, we lose interest. We're more interested in just getting it checked off so that we can get on with the rest of our day. There's a part of us that doesn't really care about hearing God speak. Why do only a handful of people come to our Wednesday night prayer meetings? And since I'm one of that handful, let me confess my sin to you right now. Often I show up at that prayer meeting only out of habit or out of a sense of duty. Often, if the truth be told, I don't even want to be there. I want to be somewhere else. You see, there's a part of my soul that doesn't want to draw near to God. Very soon, and I hope it's very soon, I pray it's very soon, the worst of COVID will be over. And we're going to be able to get together again as a church for worship. And how exciting is that? It's wonderful. Amen. But why? Why is it when we are together to worship God, why is it that so often we are lukewarm in our worship? If our favorite soccer team or hockey team wins a major victory, we shout, we jump, we hug one another, we're so happy. Yet every Sunday as we gather to celebrate, 
the victory which God, through Christ, has won for us, the victory over sin and death, we sit all too often with glum faces. I know it's been hard. Behind our mask, no one has been able to tell. But more often than not, when the masks are off, we sit with glum faces. We barely open our mouths to sing. And somehow we're afraid to even raise our hands in honor of the one who has brought us the victory. Our smiles should be contagious. Our praises should shake the rafters of this building. And why why shall we not lift our hands in worship of Jesus who gives us the victory? Somewhere, somewhere in our minds, a prideful voice speaks. Hmm, what would people think? Hmm, I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to look foolish in front of all these people. You see, there is a corner of our soul that takes no delight in God. Repentance. Repentance. That's what the Lord is calling us to. Repentance. If you have never repented of your sin, do it now and discover the amazing joy of instead of being an enemy of God, being a friend of God. And if you are a believer, well, will you join me this morning, repenting of the sins that are in that corner of your soul? That corner of your soul that turns away from God? Let the perfect love of Jesus cast out your fears. And then, and then, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God for the victory which he has won for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, all too often, Lord, I have, even as I've believed in you, I have turned away from you. I have a part of me that doesn't want you, that is filled with selfishness and pride. It's filled with resentfulness. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I ask, Lord, that you would come and fill me with more and more of you. Lord Jesus, would you please
change my heart, take away my fear, and may it all be for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.